Welcome to True North Nation. This was brought to you by Solid Rock Church in Irving, Texas, where we bring you true direction in a lost world. Now let's hear it from our host, Pastor Ed Snyder. And good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of the True North Nation. We are so glad that you have joined us. Thank you again to all of our loyal listeners in 1,200 cities and 35 different countries and territories that have joining this podcast. We've got a great session ahead of us. So grab something to write with, grab a cup of coffee. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back and we are so excited about what is happening with the True North Nation. It's just been absolutely amazing what God is doing. Uh, Yesterday was Giving Tuesday. I know you got hit a lot from us with social media, emails and all that. It was our first, first year first time ever that we participated in Giving Tuesday. And so we're kind of excited to hear and look and see what all happened yesterday. And again, in advance, if you joined us uh, through a membership, a sponsorship through Buy Me a Coffee, thank you in advance. If you haven't, I believe the link's in the show notes uh, on our website. You're more than welcome to help join forces with us and reach the thousands with the gospel. And so again, it was just a wonderful time. Uh, Black Friday and and uh, Cyber Monday was exciting. We gave away the ebook version of Control the Beast, and uh, whew, y'all took advantage of that one. And we're thankful for that. We'd rather get the content out there and celebrate a little bit, if, as well as the purchases of the the um, the paper copy. So again, thank you all for participating in that. Now let's get down to some business. Uh, we have been actually we took a break last week because of Thanksgiving, and um, but now we're back into our series of fruit of the spirit and studying that and how important it is to exercise the fruit of the Spirit within our lives. You know, we want to be Christ-like. We want to uh, do as Christ has done uh, and be like Jesus. Well, how? How do we do that in this crazy, mixed-up world that we live in today? How do we get our flesh under subjection to His Spirit? Well, of course, first answer is is prayer and fasting. That will get us... Uh, to where we need to be. However, there are things that are the Bible provides for us to institute into our lives to help us go the long haul, the the final stretch. So here's something that that the Lord just dropped in my heart, kind of in the middle of of studying the different nine uh, categories of the fruit of the Spirit. And, And here's a question. Why does the Bible list it as fruit of the Spirit and not fruits of the Spirit. After all, there are nine of them. And, uh, you know, why not use the plural form versus the the singular uh, as fruit of the Spirit versus fruits of the Spirit? Now, this is kind of way my crazy mind works. First, in thinking of an answer for that question, why does the Bible list, list it as the fruit of the Spirit and not fruits of the Spirit? Of the Spirit, we have to first think of the fruit of the Spirit as a list of 
virtues. Okay. Uh, list of virtues. The Bible lists vices as plural form, the works of the flesh, the acts of the flesh, but the list of the fruit of the spirit is listed singular. And again, the big question that I have is why? Why does the Bible state it that way? And of course, it has to do with unity or the unifying nature of those qualities as opposed to the diverse effects of the traits listed in the vice list. So again, works, plural, of the flesh, acts, plural, of the flesh, versus fruit of the Spirit. It's the uniting together of the nine virtues, and that's what we'll call them, the nine virtues inside the fruit of the Spirit. You cut an apple open, you have several seeds, but it's still one apple. You cut any kind of fruit open, and inside is several or a few seeds inside that, for at least most most fruits. Orange, apple uh, comes to mind. Um, there are seeds, plural, inside a singular piece of fruit. Now, the singular also suggests that Paul expects all the traits to be manifested not only in any Christian community, but in any Holy Ghost-filled life. Not love in one and a joy in another life and, and patience in, in somebody else. They all have to be in one. So all nine in one life operating. Another reason that I think that the Bible lists it as the fruit of the Spirit versus fruits of the Spirit, that it resembles the very nature of the Godhead. God operates in many functions, but in reality, he is one God. Now, if you're just joining us here on the True North Nation, we have been talking about this list uh, and defining the virtues, and that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and of course, the last one, and in my opinion, the big kahuna, is self-control. So how how shall we understand the very nature of these of these components? Uh, are they personality traits, uh, attitudes? Uh, are they emotions, habits, or behavioral practices? The term is really and should be virtue or virtues. Now, what exactly is a virtue? Of course, by definition, a virtue is a moral excellence. It's a goodness, righteousness, a conformity of, of one's life and conduct to a moral or ethical principles, uprightness, particular moral excellence, effective force, power, uh, or potency. That is the definition of virtue. Now, the list of virtues found in the fruit of the Spirit, when you look at them, really summarizes the whole spectrum of human psychology. You know, uh, intellect, affect, emotions, passions, motivation, will, attitudes, habits, behaviors, actions, conduct. If you look at the list of virtue found in the fruit of the spirit, there's the summary. 
really of the whole spectrum, again, of human psychology. So uh, it goes to question, why is the fruit of the Spirit so important? And of course, again, we need to go back and look at some of the definitions. Uh, Here are a few more definitions of virtue or virtues. Number one, it is a settled and stable capacity, tendency, or a uh, uh, that is possessed by a person. So it's, it's a settling. It's a stability. It's our capacity to be stable when we look at the fruit of the Spirit and enjoy its, its, uh, its list of virtues. Now, the character uh, trait uh, that is expressed some sort of excellence. When we look at virtues, there is an expression of some sort of excellence. Again, isn't that what we're trying to do is strive for excellency in our walk with God, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with our church family, as well as our church, our regular family, our our biological family. Here's something else to look at. And when you look at virtue or virtues, it's an entrenched dispositions of character, i.e. traits, which are consistently manifested in behavior across many types of, of different situations in our lives. So it's how are we reacting to the things of this world, the, to the problems, the challenges, the, 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 the detriments that come our way, the, the critical things that just devastate us? How do we react to those? If we don't have the virtues of the fruit of the Spirit in our life, folks, we're, it's not going to end well for us. So it's also the distinctly human attributes or characteristics that allow people to live well together as an inherently social creature. So again, for us to be able to function, to live in a civil society, we've got to have the virtues listed in the fruit of the spirit. All right. It's also an acquired habit of excellence. It's functioning uh, uh, in genetic areas of the human life that are challenging as well as important. It's the habits of the mind uh, in, in, the, in the more general aspect. So, again, when we look at uh, virtues, we're looking at that, habits of the mind, characteristics, uh, how to handle situations. This is reoccurring. Uh, issues in psychology and theology that complicate understanding. Understanding is a very powerful, powerful element in everything we do is the power of understanding. So when we understand not just the theology of human or of the of the fruit of the spirit, but we also in, uh, understand the psychology of the fruit of the spirit. That's something that we need to take a very, very close look at. So let's look at some some uh, contextual issues, the attributes that are defined both by uh, hereditary and environmental factors. The nature versus uh, nurture debate. 
if it is, it's what that they grow up with. It's what what is in our environment. What uh, you know, my customs that I I do, the taste, the dislikes, the likes, the things that I prefer and don't prefer, really comes from in being inherited, as well as uh, our my environment that I was raised in. So good or bad, positive or negative, that's a reality, okay? Then we have to look at the, the more morality, the virtues that are linked to a special subset of personality traits that cannot be separated from the question of right or wrong. Now, remember, a virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do the good, that's the purpose of a virtue. That's the purpose of having uh, with, within the fruit of the Spirit the nine virtues active in our lives to, to be able not only to determine the right and wrong, to answer that question of is this right or is this wrong, but also have a firm disposition to do that which is good. After all, we're trying to be Christ-like, right? We're trying to uh, be like Jesus. So, a virtue always has a moral trait. Always. When you think about virtues, when you think about virtues that's especially given to us by the Word of God, it always has a moral trait. Now, the question whose moral standards are used to defining the virtue, and that's where it can go wrong. That's where misinterpretation comes. That's where opinions start uh, taking over. And I don't think the Bible says this, and I don't believe that. Well, that's flesh. That's what we want it to say and not what it actually says. So again, let me hit that again. The virtue always has a moral trait. That's what we've got to think about. And the question then now is that whose moral standards are used in defining what is a virtue? Morality or morality is essentially cultural dependent. Okay, it you know we we we've got to understand that the standard that we live by has a, a lot of influence coming from the culture that we live in. Okay, here's a kind of a humorous example. Several years ago, I was in um, Central America, a country somewhere in Central America. I will not say where, but anyway, I was, I was invited to come and preach their youth convention. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just like our youth conventions where it's primarily a lot of young people. It, it was like everybody, everybody was at this youth convention. It was several thousand people, uh, at this youth convention. And, and so we're, we're having, we're having church. We're having great church. God's blessing. People are worshiping. And on the front row, there were several mamas. There were several ladies there with babies. And, um, and so they're, you know, they're worshiping God. And all of a sudden it was like all, all the, the whole row lifted their t-shirt to their collarbone and started feeding their babies all the while dancing and worshiping God. I went to the other side of the platform. I was like buried. I'm like, what in the world? But to that country, that's no big deal. So I teased the missionary that I was with and said, when I get back to the States, I'm going to do a big fundraiser and I'm going to buy every lady in this church 
uh, or in this fellowship of this country, a towel to use to cover themselves when they feed their babies. But the point is, is they didn't think that was wrong because that was the culture by generations. So again, we've, we've got, we've got this question here and I want you to think and think hard, think deep that we live in the United States of America and we have a different culture than we would in South America, Central America, Canada, maybe, um, and, and, and other parts of the world. So there are several, um, uh, catalogs of virtues in several places in the scripture. You know, the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five is the most comprehensive, but it's not the only one in the Bible that lists virtues. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses six and seven is the marks of ministry. And it says by purity, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. So again, in those two virtues are packed a lot, or excuse me, those two verses of scripture is packed with a lot of virtues that Paul is telling the church of Corinth, these are the marks of ministry. This is what you have to have in order to, to function and function well in ministry. Paul also wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. So again, Paul is telling Timothy, here are some virtues that you need to instill in your life as you grow in your relationship with God. And uh, so in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11, Paul brings it back to Timothy and says, but you, O man of God, flee these things and, and pursue, here we go, righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Now, going over to 2 Timothy, Paul again tells the young, uh, young preacher in chapter 2, verses 22, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 10, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. So again, I think you're starting to see the picture that there are virtues, list of virtues, other places in the Bible. But again, Galatians chapter 5 in the fruit of the Spirit is a very comprehensive list that we need to adapt into our lives to be able to live and live faithfully and live successfully. Let's go back to the scripture. One, one more here in this list of virtues that are throughout the Bible. And that is second Peter chapter one, verse five, uh, who kept by the power of God through faith for salvation verses five and six, uh, ready to be revealed in the last time in this, you greatly rejoice through now for a little while. If need be, you have been given uh, grieved by various trials. Now, ver let me, let me, I'm sorry, folks. Let me go back to, or do verse seven as well. 
that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, again, list of virtues that we need to adapt and put into us to live strong, to live successfully. Now, why? Again, we go back to the question of why. Why Why these things? Why virtues? Why fruit of the Spirit? Uh, and again, I think we've answered the question of why the fruit of the Spirit versus fruits of the Spirit because of the unifying effort of that list of virtues that it has to all be in us and not just a few of them. But we also have to strive to behave like a Christian. Romans chapter 12, verses, now this is lengthy, verses 9 through 21, but listen to what the Word of God says about principles of living, virtues. Let love be without hypocrisy. Arbor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patience in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing uh, to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no evil for evil, having regard uh, for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemies is hungry, here we go. This is, this is one of the hardest challenges to the human nature. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him to drink. What? He's my enemy. I'm going to feed him. I hope he starves to death or dies of, of uh, uh, thirsty, you know, just dries up. But here's what the scripture says. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If you were here at Solid Rock and uh, was in in any of my preaching or teaching, I, I always reference my mother. My mother was was my hero. My mother was just my champion. She was my go-to. She was the president of my fan club. Uh, she was a great woman. And um, I, I've got, I always tease when I reference things that she has taught me. I go, well, the book of Wanda, chapter 2, verse 3 says... And uh, and then give that principle. Well, one of the principles, the book of Wanda, chapter three, verse two, <laughs> Ed, kill it with kindness. You know, I was the fat kid. If you've heard my testimony with Control the Beast, I was the fat kid, quiet, always getting picked on, beat up, made fun of, you know, bullied you know, all the time. And, you know, I'd come home a bit bitter 
because, you know, everybody is, is just won't leave me alone. And my mother would say, son, kill it with kindness. Just, you just kill it with kindness. Just be kind to them. They won't, won't know how to handle that. And of course, I always tease and say, you know, at that moment, I, I just wanted to kill it. Forget the kindness. Just get rid of that. Kill it. But folks, we're talking about the principles of the word of God. Do not overcome evil, but overcome. Uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So the fruit of the spirit, again, is is unique in Galatians 5. And the fact that it is not used anywhere else in the New Testament, nowhere in the New Testament. Paul used the fruit of the Spirit in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 11, and the fruit of light, or excuse me, let me rephrase that, I apologize. Paul used the fruit of righteousness in Philippians chapter 1 verse 11, and the fruit of light in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 9. But the fruit uh, has a, defi- a definite moral uh, connotation with bearing and producing fruit, indicating righteous living. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6 refers to the gospel is bearing fruit. Matthew chapter 21 verse 43 refers to the kingdom of God being given to a people who will produce fruit. In contrast, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11 refers to the fruitfulness is associated with uh, fruitful fruitlessness. There it is, fruitlessness. In other words, you're not, you don't have fruit growing is associated with darkness and heresy and death in Jude chapter 12. So as we close out our time together today, the attributes in Galatians 5 related to the virtues that reflect divine character and list us uh, what we as Holy Ghost-filled Christians need to strive for, Christ-like character. Second, the word fruit is descriptive label metaphorically meaning the outcome or result, a product of process of transformation. And then number three, the specific mention of the word spirit in the phrase qualifies a transformation process. It's the fruit of the spirit. So therefore, it's going to be a powerful transformation in your life when you begin to strive to instill the fruit of the spirit, the nine virtues packed in Galatians chapter five, you will live successfully. You will live powerfully. You will live free from the things of this world and be able to be blessed and have the favor of God in your life. Amen. Thank you again for joining us here at the True North Nation. Uh, Check out our show notes. Buy me a coffee. uh, Jump on board and help us support so we can uh, do more and reach more with our listening audience. God bless you. Love you. And we'll talk next week. To find out more about finding that true destination, visit us at truenorthdfw.org.